What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. Welcome to episode three of the podcast. Today, I am interviewing Nate Swift. He is a super knowledgeable investor over in the Springfield, Massachusetts market. This episode was really informative, especially for newer investors and even first-time home buyers. And I can't wait for you guys to hear what Nate has to say. Let's get right into the episode. What's going on, guys? This is episode three of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, I get the great pleasure of interviewing Nate Swift. Uh, he's a real estate investor out of Springfield, Mass. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be a really informative and awesome interview. Um, so yeah, you know, what's going on, Nate? You know, what have you, what have you been up to? You know, how have you, how has things been? Uh, everything's been pretty good. Just living life, enjoying life, trying to, you know, grow myself in real estate. That's how about you? Of, that's the name <laughs> of the game, man. Pretty much. <laughs> so to jump into things, what got you into real estate and what's your backstory? Um, so what got me into real estate was my father was actually in real estate part-time. Uh, I think he owned about four houses. One was a duplex and three were single families. So that kind of gave me the, you know, the idea to say, okay, if he could do it, I could do it too. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of got me started in real estate, my father. That's great. Were those in Massachusetts or were they spread around or? Um, so actually, I'm from Enfield, Connecticut, but mm -hmm. I invested in Springfield, and my dad invested in Connecticut and Springfield. Oh, cool. And Springfield. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. So, that's not both Connecticut and Massachusetts. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What is your drive and, like, your why for the long term? Like, did it come from your dad or, you know, do you have, like, a separate, like, big reason or what's your fire? Um... My fire is definitely getting out the nine to five. That's my fire. <laughs> Living life on my own terms, being able to travel, being able to have the free time, you know, have experiences. So that's definitely my drive. Um, and where I got my fire from, my mom is a really hardworking woman, same as my father. So I definitely get the drive from them. And, you know, my mom's still working very hard right now. So she's definitely a reason and motivation why I'm doing this. So That's great. That's awesome to be able to have that, you know, kind of backbone to, to motivate you to keep going when things are tough and, you know, being able to have that, uh, that support. Uh, would, definitely. Would you mind telling the story of how you acquired your first property? You know, what kind of financing was it? And like any big lessons that you learned from it? Like anything that really stuck out? Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the first house that I got into was actually an FHA loan. So with an FHA loan, you put down three and a half percent on the property. Um, you need a 580 credit score, but preferably you would want a credit score in the 700 so that you could um, have more control of what interest rate you land with. Um, and uh, so, yeah, my property was 280,000 and uh, my down payment was 9,700. Um, I did pay extra on the property. So I knew I was buying a higher end property, but what I decided to do is I was like, okay, I know that if I could buy this brand new renovated property, I know that I'm going to get max rents. 
I know people, it's going to be easy to get people in. It was completely vacant. So I was like, All right, I could start fresh, max rents and, you know, start a journey like that, you know, and I had giant big expenses to, uh, you know, having to deal with fixing this and fixing that. So that's how I got into my first property. That's awesome. Was, I forget if you said it, I'm sorry. Was it a duplex, a three family, four oh, family? Yeah, it was a triplex. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. So did the cash flow from that, um, like pay for your mortgage right away? Like were you living for free right away or, you know, was it close? Like, did you still have to pay like a couple hundred bucks for your mortgage like yourself or how did that go? So what I decided to do and why my cash flow went way beyond my mortgage was I decided to live in uh, one of the units just in the room. So <laughs> it was on the first floor, I rented it out uh, family, second floor family, um, and they were each paying 1350. Yeah. And then the third floor where I lived in, I had two roommates, one's paying 400, which is actually my friend, and the other one's paying 550. So I think I was making roughly around uh, six, seventeen, eighteen hundred bucks. I don't know. You could do the math somewhere around. <laughs> That's beautiful, though. That's to be able to mix the strategies like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's definitely a thing that's possible. Uh, you know, if you have multiple people living in one property, you know, you don't necessarily have to just get the rent from the units. You know, you can, like you did, you know, rent to your friends in your own unit, and you know, be able to make more that way. That's super creative. Um, that's, that's great. <laughs> what do you consider to be the biggest variable to expand your portfolio? Like networking or, you know, just constantly running numbers, you know, marketing yourself, like mailers. Like what has been like the biggest thing for you to so, kind of put you in the spot where you've been? So I would say definitely having a good team. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely having... Uh, a good realtor, someone that knows what you're looking for. So specifically for me, I'm looking for three and four family uh, properties in the city of Springfield. So what I do, just a quick tip, is I actually have my realtor, realtor send me um, notifications. So every morning I'll get an email and I'll get a blast of houses that are coming up on the market and I just analyze them. And from that point, I say, I say you know, is the cash flow good? Um, you know, how many, what, what is the average rents? You know, what's the size of the square footage? Um, what else? If it has parking, if there's a garage, all those variables. And from that, I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic, but yeah, so definitely a realtor to know what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, you definitely have a mortgage company, um, for financing. So for me, I'm doing traditional. So I go to any, uh, any mortgage company and just say, Hey, are you guys doing 20%? Cause preferably that's what I want to put down on my second property. Um, so yeah, realtor, um, mortgage company. And then you definitely, definitely need a maintenance man. You're going to need a maintenance man, whether your property is brand spanking new or if it's old and torn up, you're going to need a maintenance man for sure. So definitely keep that in mind. And then if you want to keep it passive, I would say have somebody to do, the lawn because you don't want to cut grass or shovel so yeah no so those four oops sorry <laughs> it's fine those four are are imperative so that's super important so for like a maintenance man would that be like a property manager in one case or could that be like 
like a tenant that you know you would like drop the the rent down a little bit you know if they did certain stuff or like what have you kind of done so far like how did you get your maintenance man so i found my main maintenance man through actually networking um i actually know uh, a guy that flips houses he's actually a close friend of mine and i actually met him at home depot when i worked at home depot really um and he had a uh, uh, he had a maintenance man. He had a guy that was going in there and you know doing his flips for cheap. So I said, "Hey, Nick, I was wondering if I could get you over here. You know, I have a leak in the wall. I was wondering if you just come over and take a look at it and we can figure this out." He said, "Yep." And then from there, it's been great ever since. But definitely have more than one maintenance man when you're doing this because sometimes they're gonna have bigger jobs. They're gonna rather do more expensive jobs because they got to feed their own families as well. Mm -hmm. um, so have, I would say two or three, the least amount for maintenance men. That's really important. I honestly didn't really think about that kind of thing. I feel like that's like a lesser known kind of, kind of thing that you really need, you know, so when stuff does hit the fan, you know, you have those couple people in place to be able to take care of that right away. You know, and exactly. that away. that's genius. Yep. Man. That's really important. <laughs> 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 definitely taking that into consideration <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely definitely <laughs> um moving on to the next question what is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career so far the most important lesson i would say is um stay hungry Mm -hmm. but stay patient um be very eager but also be grateful for where you're at because real estate is a long-term thing you're not going to be rich off your first deal you're going to make money if your numbers are right and if you buy the correct property but you're not going to be rich you have to be patient you have to stay focused and just take it day by day so be patient but be hungry that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, what are the most effective resources that you come to on maintenance team? I'm sorry, you went out. Can you can you ask that again? Yeah, I think it kind of jumped around. Uh, what are the most effective resources that have helped you most far on your journey besides your awesome maintenance team? <laughs> So I would say, um, I would just say uh, people networking. Um, Cause I talked to a mortgage mortgage guy and he kind of directs me on, all right, how much I am, how much am I going to need next based off of the, the price I'm trying to buy my next property at what type of financing you know, am I going to need what, you know, how much money am I going to need? So that kind of keeps me aligned in my goals. So I know which direction and the target I want to go. Um, so I'd say mortgage guy. Um, and I would say just mentors. Mentors are very important. They keep you focused. They give you great advice. And um, definitely just like a maintenance guy, have more than one um, uh, men mentee or mentor or whatever, um, because mm -hmm. you have, people that are doing many different things. They have many different experiences and they're going to tell you many different things. So you got to find that thing that's going to drive you, you know, what you want and, you know, not use them, but 
use their resources, the knowledge that they tell you to direct your path. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It, it's definitely really important to, to keep networking. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, you can't really do yourself necessarily. And it's much better yeah. to, you know, be able to know people that have done what you're trying to do, like, and then some. Because, I mean, most of the time, at least from my experience, you know, these people are usually pretty happy to have these conversations with you and, you know, kind of take you under their wing a little bit and be able to yeah. help you out. And it's, that was a big thing that really changed in my mind, uh, relatively recently, actually, that, you know, a lot of these people actually really want to help, you know, people who don't really know as much. Yeah. And, um, that was definitely something huge. And something that us new investors don't realize is that people, people love to talk about what they do. So we shouldn't feel like it's a burden to, you know, talk to people, you know, say, Hey, you know, you know, how'd you get into real estate or, you know, how long have you been doing this or, you know, just asking them simple advice tips or whatever. So people love talking about what they do. I know I do. So <laughs> talk to people be outgoing and you're gonna you're gonna get the advice here you know you're looking for totally a hundred percent uh what is something that you thought about business networking or like creating wealth that changed as you went along like as you got more experience um i would say a direct tip i would say definitely have reserves mm -hmm. always definitely intend to leave money aside for maintenance cost. Um, let's see what else those things are big. Those things are big. And just to, I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, what is something that you thought about business networking or creating wealth that changed as you went along? Um, patience. I feel like you definitely have to deal with attitudes when you have to deal with tenants. You know, they're real people. They're not robots. Like you're going to have to deal with the attitude. People are going to do what they want. And yep. sometimes keep your mouth shut and hear what they have to say and mm -hmm. be, sometimes you have to push your ego aside and then, you know, allow them to say what they say and be hundred percent professional about it. So there's, there's a lot of things, but, you know, I would stick with those things. Mm -hmm. Would you say that like empathy is kind of a big, um, big thing when it comes to dealing with tenants, like being able to step in their shoes and like kind of hear their side of the story? Absolutely. Because um, I'm not, I could say, oh, this is a statistic, but many people in America are struggling. Many people in America are living week to week in any city, larger, small big so you have to be you you have to have empathy um i actually had a tenant um pay me and they were 25 dollars short mm -hmm. and you know i'm cash flowing good i got a good job you know i'm you know i'm doing what i'm doing i'm managing well so i'm like 25 bucks i let them know i said hey you know you guys pay me 13.25 i need the 13.50 next month i was stern about it um but i wasn't aggressive with it and i wasn't being greedy um mm -hmm. Definitely have empathy with being understanding. If they're short, they're short. Just don't let them get used to that. Be stern about what you're saying, but understand where they're coming from and understand that people are struggling. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like that's definitely something that like a lot of people kind of think that like, you know, all these landlords are greedy and everything, you know, they just want as much money as they can and whatever. But it seems like there's kind of a balance with that between like letting people take advantage of you and then like taking, you know, reaching that kind of level. Mm-hmm. Would you say there's kind of a balance there, like from your experience so far or? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. I would say be reasonable, be reasonable, understanding, because you never know. You could be in their shoes one day never say never. Um, so just be understanding and be a human being, show love, show grace, be peaceful, you know, and underst- they understand what type of business you're in and you understand what type. Of- um, so just be a human being, but obviously still stick to the business, the business blueprint. So to yeah, speak. that's real. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our next question. What is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio? I know there's been tons of amazing advice already from you, but. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a, I have a good tip. Um, So for investors or future investors that want to get into owning their first property. And for example, going about it, the traditional route where they're going to use an FHA loan and put the three and a half percent down. Um, you could actually, so if, say you get into the workforce after college, you've been in the workforce for a year, you could act, actually use that previous year before that you were in college as a, as a work year, technically. Um, and mortgage companies allow people to, young people that have just gotten out of college after a year to buy a house because they want to encourage young people to buy houses. Um, so yeah, you could just you could have a year of experience after college. You could take the year of experience, your last year of experience of college, and technically they'll put that together as your two years of work history. And as long as you have everything else, like your down payment and your credit is good, they're gonna say, all right, your work history is good. So from that point, you won't have to wait two years after you get out of college. You only have to wait 12 months, which is a lot shorter and a lot better. Um, I'm trying to see if another thing that's important. So another thing that's important for young investors that haven't really necessarily gotten to real estate, have mentors because mentors will allow you to align your goals in your own head. Because when you're first starting to get into real estate, you could hear all these, um, these paths, you could get into wholesaling, you could get into buy and hold, you get in a flip. But in reality, you got to figure out what you want for yourself. So you have to have certain mentors that are going to be able to help you with certain aspects of the business and they'll be able to directly align you on where you're trying to hit your target. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that about the, uh, the two years of work experience because guys, I was talking to Nate on Instagram one night and I thought I had to wait, you know, the full two years, you know, to, to get one more year under my belt at my current job and Nate, just totally blew my mind and he's like oh you know you can probably use one year you know at your current job and then one year from school which i was in you know a couple years ago i was like oh all right you know that sounds amazing like uh, let me go find out so then i talked to um a lender and i ended up getting pre-qualified literally that (laughs) would have never happened you know literally for the next year if i didn't have that conversation with nate and 
you know, not to go off on a tangent, but you know, the networking can literally change everything like it did for me. Literally, like you helped me save literally an entire year because of something that I didn't know. And that's, that's insane. Like that's, that's so crazy. And I, I'm definitely gonna, you know, make this into, um, you know, like a really important highlight clip, you know, to tell a lot of the people that, you know, are relatively around my age, you know, on the younger side, still in college, that yeah. it's not necessarily two years after you go to college or get out, graduate college, like you said, but you might be able to make it one in one or, you know, you're two years old at college. Um, um, it's, it's not necessarily, necessarily dry, dry. Um, you know, the, that it has to be two years after or, or whatever. That literally was something extremely, extremely big that I did not know. And um, so for, uh, for some of you guys that are watching on, on uh, Mr. Kyle's, uh, Mr. Kyle, Kyle Curtin's <laughs> podcast, you may be qualified right now. So go check, go look, and, you know, keep in mind of that, that fact right there because you may be qualified. 100%. That changes <laughs> so much stuff. That is, that's so important. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it totally changed everything. Um, what is our common myth about building a portfolio that you want to debunk? Like something that, you know, people think is a certain way, but it might not actually be, or actually the two years is a great one if you want to yeah. use that, but, <laughs> um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh man, this one's a hard question. <laughs> um, can you ask it again? <laughs> what is a common myth about building a portfolio that you want to debunk? Um, that you don't have to put 20% down after your second property um, or after your first property. I'm sorry. Um, because if you're using traditional lending, you have to put down 20% for multifamily, just multifamily. Um, 20%, 20%, 20%, sometimes 25%, sometimes 30%, but you could always find lenders at 20%. Um, if you wanted to buy your second property and it'd be a single family property, say you, hey, you wanted to rent out the rooms in there, or you wanted to make an Airbnb, um, you could actually get traditional financing on your second property. It has to be a single family property though. You could put down 5% on a conventional loan. Um, so it makes it a whole lot cheaper to be able to say, hey, I have a second rental. I want to get into a second rental, but I don't want to put down 20% on a $200,000 house plus closing costs. You know, that yeah. could add fast. So for example, if you have a 100,000 or, or let's just say $150,000 property for mm -hmm. five down payment, you're going to need 7,500. So it's way less than putting 20% down on a $200,000 multifamily. That's a big difference right there. So you don't always have to put down 20%. You could also get into creative, creative financing, but I'm not specialized in that. So <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so important. Um, you know, guys, you know, you know, all these kind of things that, you know, you think are, are common information because it might be a lot different than what you actually hear versus, you know, what you can do. You know, like I said earlier, like it's not necessarily cut and dry, you know, by the book. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are very flexible 
uh, options that you might be able to come across, you know, when the, the time comes. Um, but yeah, definitely. That's, that's huge. And yes. Always stay open-minded and realize that it's a relationship based business. So you could grow your portfolio by somebody just really loving who you are. So keep mm -hmm. that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely guys, you know, be yourself when it comes to the networking. Um, you know, at one point or another, you know, the most experienced investors, uh, agents, lenders, they were all at the same point, you know, when they first started out. And, you know, just because you may not know a lot, that doesn't mean that, you know, you're at of, um, I guess, like any lesser quality, I, I guess, um, you know, like whoever you are, uh, like people definitely still want to have these conversations with you. Um, you know, you never know who you're going to meet out there, you know, regardless of if you don't know anything about real estate or, you know, really any field in general, or, you know, like a ton and it's, you know, you eat, sleep and breathe it. Just like where, at whatever point you're at, go out there and meet people because it's, it's going to change everything guaranteed. Absolutely. And definitely don't be discouraged when people are not nice to you because I've had moments where there was a guy actually building a duplex about three houses down from mine. Um, yep. And I was trying, I was like, Hey, what's going on? I'm Nate. I was like, Oh, how much are the rents? You know, I just asked him, I didn't let him know I was a landlord and he didn't want to talk to me. So and he wasn't very nice. So don't let that discourage you. Stay focused, stay forward, keep doing what you're doing. Keep networking, keep grinding, keep killing it. So <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's so true. Yeah. And last but not least, Nate, do you read? And if you do, what is your favorite business, investing, or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? Um, I'm not the biggest reader, but you should definitely read some books, some type of books. Um, I read a lot on Instagram. Um, yeah. but the most important book that will absolutely flip your mindset and have you thinking in the right way is rich dad, poor dad. And I know that's like such a, <laughs> it's like such a common book, but rich dad, poor dad, I give it to everybody. Um, and just pass that knowledge along is good. So rich dad, poor dad will have you thinking in that open mindset, realize that the rich don't work for money. Um, so rich dad, poor dad, for sure. Absolutely. 100% man. I love it. I love to hear it. I know, you know, people talk about it all the time, but it really is like that much of a crazy book. I remember I literally paid $8 for that book. And that's probably going to be one of the best investments that I'll ever make. 100%. Absolutely. Every year. That book completely changes lives. Um, it's, Absolutely. <laughs> it's just something like if you, if you buy the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 10 times over and it costs you $80, it's still going to be worth the price. So mm -hmm. definitely, you know, go on a couple of websites. You can get books for really cheap. Rich Dad Poor Dad, I'm sure you can find it anywhere from like five to 15 bucks. For sure. Cheaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish I could give a copy of that book to literally everybody in the world, especially kids, you know, people a lot younger to, to kind of transform that, that mindset a little bit. Yeah. Hey, what's possible. I don't know if you're going to do a visual on this, if you're going to see my face, but I actually have the book with me and I could show it to people if you want me to. 
Sure, go right ahead, man. Yeah. All right. I'll be back. One moment. Okay. <laughs> So, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, this book will change your life. So, with this guy right here, he's a genius. <laughs> so, anybody that is interested in reading books and wants to get started in real estate investing, definitely check this book out right here, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You won't, you won't miss out on anything by reading that book. You're missing out by not reading it. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I love the way you worded that. <laughs> even like anybody in general you know even if you're you're not into real estate so to say i feel like that book can help anybody in general to know what assets and liabilities are you know and, and kind of why you know the rich get richer and how they create that um because it, it's not really well-known knowledge yeah. and it it's a completely different ball game you know a completely different mindset in that book it's easily worth its weight in gold and it's oh yeah yeah. It's really sure. undervalued <laughs> for what it is. <laughs> knowledge and relationships. Knowledge and relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. But anyway, Nate, thank you so much, man, for coming on here. Um, you know, it, it really means a lot. There's been tons and tons of value in this episode. You know, I can't wait to, you know, to post about it and tell people about it. And guys, uh, definitely follow Nate. Um, what can you be reached best, actually, Nate? You know, if somebody found like a property or something, you know, where can you be best reached, you know, for business as well as, I know you're on Instagram as well. <laughs> yeah, so my Instagram is, my Instagram is underscore Nathaniel Swift. That's my Instagram. And then... Uh, I'm not really on any other social media platforms that yeah. are um, real estate, but my phone number is, shoot me a text. Let me know who you are. And if you have a random question, just my phone number is 860-849-5428. And just shoot me a text and I don't have to know who you are, but if you're talking about real estate, I'm going to be like, oh, you're talking about real estate. I got you. So <laughs> I love it, man. A hundred percent. But um, yeah, thank you so much, Nate. You know, it, it really means a lot that, that you came on here with me. I definitely, you know, it's an honor to have you on, you know, especially after talking to you for a while. You know, it, it was nice to, like I said, you know, see you face to face for once after we've been talking yeah, yeah. for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but so. um, yeah, uh, have a great night, man. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.